family. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. We're so glad you're here. Isn't that true, this video? We don't have time for this. I love how they ended that. And we're going to get into this series about I don't have time for this, and we're going to talk about I don't have time to heal. But before we do that, here's what I would love to do since it's Mother's Day. Would you um, just squeeze or hug a mom that you know is by you for just a minute and just let her know you love her, like you're so glad she's here with you. Just squeeze her hand. My mom's with me. Can't reach you, but you know I love you. Yeah, we always want to take a moment and just touch our moms and let them know we love them. And then here's what I want to say to all of us as ladies this morning. Ladies, we want to honor all of you. And here's why. All of us, myself included, because I know all of us have the heart of Jesus and we are probably also loving on all kinds of people all the time. And here's what I wanted to say about honoring all ladies today, not just moms, but all of us ladies. We um, most likely are honor or loving on people that might be difficult to love, right? In our schools, in our works, in our families. And I just want you to know that we honor you as well. And God sees you loving on difficult people. And even though they might never, ever, 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 ever say, thank you for loving on me, please know that God sees you loving on them. And today we honor you and we want to say thank you for loving on difficult people or loving on us as difficult people. I know I can be a difficult person at times, but I just want to say to all ladies, thank you. Thank you for having the nurturing characteristic of a mom in the heart of Christ. And thank you for loving on them. So can we give all the women in this room a hand for just loving, be kind, loving on ladies, loving on men. Thank you. All right. We're going to talk about I don't have time to heal today. And I did get permission from my mom to share the story. She's with me this morning. Um, I want to share what's been going on with us the last 60 days. I think it's been about 60 days, maybe not even that long. Um, But about a month and a half ago, two months ago, Um, my mom got diagnosed with cancer, with breast cancer. And so we have been in this process, just rapid process of hearing the news. Wow, taking in that kind of news. If anybody has ever been through that kind of trauma or, or walked with someone, or maybe you've even experienced that, you know that that just kind of takes you aback for just a moment. And, uh, my mom and I, just and our whole family have been walking this process, but when it comes to I don't have time to heal, here's what I want to say about my mom, and then I'll share my journey in this story. The one thing that I really honor my mom for, I can't even look at her in this moment trying to say that, <laughs> so I'm not ignoring you, mom. I just know it's a little bit emotional. So, But the one thing about my mom that she has done so well is that she takes time every day to have moments with God not just in this journey since she has heard, okay, you've got cancer, but even before this hard thing hit. And the one thing I've seen with my mom through anything hard, because she makes the time and she's not too busy to heal, she's not too busy to take that hard thing and take it to God and let God walk her through that. I've seen my mom, even in this situation, do so well, even though, doesn't mean things are not hard, right, family? It doesn't mean a situation like that, you're not crazy one minute and happy the next, and like, I'm gonna punch somebody the next, or no, come here, let me love you the next, right? It just can be a roller coaster of emotions sometimes, and I've seen my mom do that so well. Um, And then there's me, 
on the other hand, <laughs> you would think um, probably a little bit of, of, of my personality style, uh, I'm pretty dogmatic, um, I'm very passionate, I, and, and this is not a right or wrong personality thing, it's just I'm just sharing my heart of who I am, I'm just full of like, okay, we're with God and he's going to do great things, and it doesn't mean real life doesn't happen, but what that means is you would think, and probably most people around me who knows me thinks I'm doing really quite good, um, but the reality is, in this whole process, I wasn't worried about my mom. To be honest or not, I mean, really to be truthful, my mom's pretty solid. Um, we went to the doctor and, and really to find the news. And I don't know if you even remember saying this. She's laughing already. She's like, oh, God, what have I said in these whole processes? Because um, she said some pretty funny things through this process. Because at some point, you just have to laugh. You know, you can only take so much stress and chaos and sadness for so long. So we're in the doctor's office, and she's, this doctor's like, well, yes, you have cancer. But the funny thing is, she said, you have, it's a little bit different than most breast cancers. She's like, you have two different kinds of breast cancers in one section. One is the normal, we can get it out, taken care of, you know, don't worry about that. The other one, big old long name for it. So I just heard her say it's sneaky, the doctor said. I go, oh, we got a sneaky cancer, I get it. And mom goes, well, you know me, you just go big or go home. And the doctor just, my mom and I were gut rolling in this moment where probably, you know, we should have a different response. And the doctor's just looking at us like, okay, I don't know what to do with these two crazy ladies in this moment, right? And so I just appreciate that about my mom. But do you know, honestly, I wasn't worried about her. Do you know what was going on with me? I didn't even realize it because life is happening, right? I would love to crawl up on a ball and just, you know, wish it all away. But the reality is that's not life. Life doesn't stop. Have you ever noticed that when things get hard, life doesn't stop? It just keeps moving. It keeps going. And so this is a bit what I looked like in this process. Because remember, it's only 60 days ago. Okay, so I've got four children. Uh, we have full-time business, full-time ministry. I travel all over the world. Uh, I, my plate's pretty full. Okay, and we've got this news. So I'm just like, this, this backpack's just representing my life, right? Just, you know, you just carry stuff. And um, I'm realizing, I'm not realizing that I'm carrying some concerns about this with my mom. And here's why. I went to one of our staff meetings here at Whitewater one day. And when I went there, you know how people are just so kind. And they just, you know, just normal. People say, hey, how are you doing? Right? It's just a normal, like, they don't know anything's going on. They said, hey, Danny, how's it going today? <laughs> I just, I completely lost it in that moment. And what was so vulnerable in that moment is I'm not very, I'm not very um, uh, seasoned here. I'm pretty new here at Whitewater still. So I don't really know um, staff. I'm getting to know them. They're getting to know me. And I'm just having a full-on, like, crying. And I begin to tell them what was happening. And as I was telling them what was happening, I was in full-on tears going, I'm not worried about my mom. She's really okay. And then it hit me. And here's what hit me. I had a concern, right? And this rock is heavy, so this rock represents the concerns that we hold on to that are on the inside of us and we don't really know it. And I had a concern for my kids. My two oldest ones, no problem. They got it, not that they got it, I don't mean to sound like they don't have feelings, but, well, I shouldn't say but either, that just negates everything about our kids. No, um, they're not as vulnerable, okay? I have two younger ones and grandma, <laughs> is the love of their life. Like, 
my daughter literally said a couple years ago, I think I'm just going to live. She just decided when I'm just going to live with grandma. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you cannot live with grandma. Like, we're actually your parents, <laughs> not grandma. <laughs> I know grandma's fun. However, you guys would like not have any boundaries whatsoever and just party the whole time. That's not good, okay? Right? Grandparents have that right. Um, so I knew it was going to be very difficult. But here's the thing. I'm carrying this concern around with me now. Keep in mind, I haven't had time because I'm too busy to heal. I'm too busy to even recognize I need to heal. So I'm just carrying this concern around with me until I have that moment and I recognize in that moment, whoa, Danny, you need to talk to God about this. So on my drive home from staff, because sometimes with traffic, we live in Olympia, it's about an hour drive one way when there's traffic. I got to take a creative moment in the car. And what I mean by that, it just wasn't a typical sit down, open up my word, I'm driving, right? I'm flying down the freeway. Well, let me rephrase. I'm going the speed limit down the freeway to get home. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm having a moment. I'm crying. I've got worship music on to just take a moment with God and not be too busy to talk to him about this concern. And as I'm talking to him about this concern, I, I want to show you sometimes what's happening in the heavenly realms, what's happening in a spiritual moment that we don't always see is happening when we take the time and take our concerns with God and just begin to talk to him about it. We can talk to all of our friends and all, and that's great. And you need those and we need those. But, but they're not in the place of God. And sometimes I think we can talk to all our friends and all the wisdom and all the books. Please do all that. However, don't do that and, and, then, and, and not do God. Make sure we have that time with God first, right? So then all that wisdom that we're reading and all that information that we're researching and getting and all that good counsel has come with the wisdom of God to speak through all that information that we're learning. So on my drive home, I'm just, I'm talking to God and I'm worshiping and I just said, God, I'm sorry, I didn't realize this was such a concern and I really don't need know, know what to do with my children and how to tell them in a way and I'm just, you can hear it in me. I'm just really concerned about all of this and I'm carrying this and didn't even know it. And in that moment talking to God, it's almost like sometimes we, we, can visually picture Jesus like a wheelbarrow, whereas we're talking, we're just dumping that concern off, and it is immediately like, oh, peace of God. Because why? Because Jesus is the one that can handle those kind of concerns. Does it mean we don't have concerns? No, 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 no. We live on planet Earth. There's going to be all kinds of cares and concerns, all kinds of different things that people say and happen and do, all kinds of information coming our way all the time. And sometimes we don't realize that we're taking all of that stuff in and your body was never meant to hold all of those concerns. That's why we have a Savior like a wheelbarrow, Jesus the wheelbarrow, where we can talk to him, dump those concerns, and he is more than capable to handle all of that. So that's what I want to talk about today is I don't have time to heal. So let's turn in our Bibles. We're going to be in Luke um, chapter 10. I'm sorry. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 first. The first thing I want to say, first thing first, is that we need to know what Jesus came to do for us. Because I want us, including myself, to have confidence in God's word, to know that he did come to heal us of all kinds of things. 
See, God wants us whole spiritually, physically, mentally, relationally, financially. God wants us whole in all of those areas. And sometimes we don't even realize that we might need healing, that things have happened to us in the past or things are happening currently and we're holding all these things in. I want us to think of healing like this. When you get a cut, just naturally you get a gash, right? Like we were going to Rwanda one time. Jason's like, here we go, tell my story. Yeah, we went to Rwanda one time because, you know, sometimes, men, you don't always like to go to the doctor and take care of stuff, right? And all the ladies said, yes. Um, So anyway, I want you to think of healing like a cut, right? So when you get a big old gash, and I'll, I'll tell the story about Jason in a minute. When you get a big old gash, and he got this gash on his foot from work, and you literally, you could see like the meat sticking out on his gash. Like you looked at it, and it was like meat hanging out. I know some of us are like, stop talking right now. That's um, really hard for me to hear. Okay, you would think that we need more than a butterfly, right? It's the men's go-to like tool. Just butterfly it. I don't need stitches. Just, just put a butterfly on it, and it'll be good. But the problem is we were going to Rwanda in Africa, um, this was several years ago. You remember this? You remember this? Yeah. Um, we were going to Rwanda, and you can't drink the water. And I'm like, you're going to have to shower. Like, you can't sh- not shower for seven days while we're there. Um, and if you get water in that, then bacteria is going to go, and we don't need to go to the hospital in Africa. Like, that's not something I want to do. And he's like, ah, I'll be fine. I'll just butterfly it. Great. Um, thing is, a doctor was actually going with us on this trip, Right? I didn't tell this last, last service. This is fun right now. Um, a doctor was going with us on the trip, and I said, hey, Dr. Greg. I said, look at, G- look at Jason's gash. It's really not nice of me because I'm really setting him up, but, you know, he wouldn't hear me, so I had to do something. We're getting ready to get on a plane, go to Africa. And uh, Jason's like, yeah, you want to see my gash? It's pretty cool. And, do- and Dr. Greg goes, dude, this is exactly his words, dude, you should have got stitches at least. Don't butterfly it. Bandage that thing up and don't get any water on it because I don't want to have to take you to Africa and cut your leg off. I'm like, yes. Everything was said that needed to be said in 30 seconds. Okay, anyway, back to, back to my story. I want you to think about healing like a cut. And here's why. Because when you get cut, it's open. And, and naturally, you should take care of that thing right away so it doesn't get infected. Well, I want you to think about all the concerns we're carrying and all the places in us that we don't realize we actually need a process to heal. And those concerns in us are like the infection inside of a cut. And before you can even heal, sometimes what happens? You got to get all that infection out naturally of a cut so that it now, get all the infection out so that now it can heal. Well, sometimes when we're carrying all those concerns and we're going to walk through some of those concerns, it's like an infection in us and we can't even heal and we just keep going around the mountain with stuff and we keep dealing with stuff and we don't realize it's because that stuff's infected in our bodies and we were never meant to carry that. We've got to dump that and give that to God, okay? Our friends can only do so much and say so much. It's really the power of God that takes care of that in us. So we've got to spend time with the healer who heals. But I want us to have confidence from the word to know that he heals. Because here's the deal. We might be in situations just like me and my mom and her cancer. We don't know how this, in all honesty and all truth, we don't know how this is going to end. We can't control cancer. But man, we sure can live peacefully full of life, 
full of freedom. Why? Because we know and she knows the one who does heal. And she knows from the word of God that this is what he wants. Whether we see it on this side of eternity on planet earth or she sees it in heaven, either way, we know we're healed right? She's just got to walk this process out. Okay, so read uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. This is Jesus talking, and he's talking about himself. He's saying, the Lord's spirit has come to me he, because he has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor. The Lord has sent me to announce freedom for prisoners. Prisoners. Prisoners are bound. Prisoners can't get out. Prisoners are stuck. Man, that sounds a lot like us at different seasons and times of life. We can't get out. We're stuck. Well, good news, Jesus has come and has the power because the Spirit of the Lord is on him and through him to do that, to set us free, to give sight to the blind. Do you know what that scripture means, sight to the blind, whether a Christian or a non-Christian? Do you know one of the, the names of the devil is an adversary? He's an unseen enemy against your life that wants to blind you so you can't see and you can't hear God. That's one of his main objectives. And Jesus says, good news, I have come because I've got the spirit of God in me. I have come so that you don't have to be blind. Also to free everyone who suffers, not some, not maybe a few, everyone who suffers And to say, this is the year the Lord has chosen. In other words, this is the day. Today's the day that you can have freedom and start that process. Psalms 147.3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's what Jesus has come to do. Now remember, he wants us whole in all these areas, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and financially. You might say, how, how do you need healing financially? I'll tell you how. If you would have seen Je- uh, Jesus, if you would have seen Jason, he's close to Jesus. If you would have seen Jason and I, mm, I validated you big time for that one, honey. Okay. <laughs> Side joke later. I'll hear it at home. Anyway, how do you heal financially? Okay, Jason and I, I don't know, 15 years ago, we're, you, you've heard a little bit of our story. We're absolute a wreck with our finances. Like, honestly, you, you, we wouldn't have known, I mean, hundreds of dollars in, in, in uh, writing bad checks. I mean, all, just couldn't manage our money, just in all honesty. We weren't raised with managing our money. We didn't know how to do that. Well, you know, at that time, we were, we were in leadership at church, it was very embarrassing to know that that's what our life was like, and yet we were in leadership trying to model, and that was just something nobody put on us. It was personally something that we were embarrassed about. So you know when we began to spend time with God and surrender that feeling like a failure to God, then actually, because that failure is like the infection on the inside of us, that failure, when that thing got removed from us, then we could actually start to see and hear how to manage our money. But sometimes we just got to deal with that infections. So let's talk about this. What can keep us from creating or taking the time to heal? Turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to talk about the story of Martha and Mary. Why? Because Martha almost missed it in this story. What she almost missed, Jesus was coming to her house. And she almost missed by being so busy. She almost missed time with God. 
And that's what can happen to us. We can be so busy that we forget to have time with the Lord. And he's about to teach her something here. And here's why it's so important, because first, we need to be with the one who does heal, the healer. In Luke chapter 10, it says this, uh, verse 38, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. I immediately know this woman is like a bold, courageous woman, because remember, Jesus is God on earth, right? In human form. She's inviting, think about this for just a minute when we read this, she's inviting God into her house. Don't you think if you invited God into your house, you might be wondering, um, I wonder, if, I wonder if my house, I wonder if I'm going to be embarrassed for him to see my house, if it's a mess. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's different. I'm sure you'd have something go through your mind. And Martha welcomes him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Note this in your Bible, if you have it, or your Bible app, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was busy with much serving. Now stop right there for just a minute because sometimes we can read this passage of scripture and go, great, that's it. That's the answer. The answer is I just, I need to stop serving. That's not what Jesus was saying. Life doesn't stop. You don't stop serving. What he was saying and is about to make sure Martha knows, look, when I'm present, when I'm here to teach, when you have a moment with me, stop being busy and put me first. And Martha wasn't doing that. Listen, Martha pressed on and she went up to him. This woman is bold. She went up to God. She went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care? Think about this. This is God of the universe, like omnipresent God, which means he's everywhere. God who cares about everyone and everything. And she's telling God, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Look what's happening. She's getting discouraged in this moment. She's doubting if God even cares about what, where she's at and what she's concerned with. And then she starts, as, as she's doubting and her perspective is off, and now she's starting to get discouraged. She's starting to compare. Here's what happens. We gotta be careful with discouragements. One of those infections, if we leave it there, once we get discouraged, now we can move into comparison and competition. What is she saying about Mary? She's saying, Jesus... What I'm doing is more important than what Mary's doing. What is that? That's comparison. How many times do we do that when we get discouraged? We get our eyes off on what God is doing with us, and we start getting into competition and comparison about those around us. Do you know when this is the most fragile time for you and I? These are called the four deadly Ds, and we're going to talk about them in just a minute. Oftentimes in times of transition with our families, in times of transitions with our jobs, we can get discouraged, we can get like Martha, we can get busy and we can get our eyes off on what God is doing with us and get it on everybody else and start doubting. And then our perspective is off and then we get discouraged and then we start competing and comparing with what everybody else is doing, feeling rejected, not cared about. That's when it can get very, very dangerous for us in times of transition when we get discouraged. And then she gets demanding. She says, tell her. She's telling Jesus, she's telling God what to do. Don't we do that in prayer? God, I want healing to look this way. God, I want it done that way. And there's a difference in humbly asking God to do something and then telling God and demanding him. She said, tell her then to help me. And then it says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious 
and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen it, the good portion, which will not be taken from her. All right, let's talk about these four deadly Ds. First one is distractions. Busyness breeds distractions. Number two, doubt. When she says, don't you care? Man, our perspective can get so off when we're asking God if he cares. Of course he cares. And number three, discouragement. My sister has left me all alone. Be careful in times of transition with family and jobs. That discouragement doesn't set in. And number four, demands. Demanding it to be done your way. And then in verse 41, it says, anxiousness and trouble. What is, what is Jesus saying? You're worried and upset about so many things. And here's what I want to say about verse 41. There are so many things that really, if we stopped and, and really listened, that probably people have been trying to tell us all around us. In one of those areas of our lives, relationally, financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, I'm sure someone has probably been trying to say something to us. And here's the power of having that moment with Jesus consistently, because there are sometimes only we will listen to what God has to say, because when he says it to us, it holds us so much more accountable because we haven't really wanted to look at it. That's the importance of making sure we create that time. So here's what I want to talk about. What can the process of healing look like? What can it look like? I'm going to talk about the three C's of sitting with Jesus. The first C is consistency. What I mean by that is, if you notice, life doesn't stop. We can't just curl up into a ball. Man, we might for a few moments, but you can't stay there because life doesn't stop. You have to get up. You have to go to work. All those things. So we don't stop life. But what we do make sure is that we have a consistent time, consistent moments with Jesus. What was happening with Martha? She was having a moment. Jesus showed up in a moment to her home and wanted to teach something. And she was confronting Jesus, confronting God with, I'm too busy. Don't you care? You should care about my busyness. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. We need to put this into the right order, right perspective. The second C is creativity. If you look on your chair, there's a handout, um, a five by seven handout. Look on the back of that handout. That handout gives you all different kinds of creative ways to sit with Jesus. We're all so unique. He doesn't expect us to do it like everybody else. But sometimes we don't even know how to do it. We don't even know if it's okay to do it this way. And I just wanted to free us up and let you know you can have creative ways to have moments with Jesus. And those are some thoughts on there since I don't have time to teach about all of it. And then the third C is conversation. Have lots of them with Jesus all the time. Have lots of conversation. You know, for those of us who love to read a lot of books, I love reading books but I'm a very slow reader. And here's why. Because I'll read a chapter of any kind of book and then I'll take that chapter and with Jesus talk about that chapter and then say, God, is there anything about this chapter that you want to say back to me? On any kind of book. I don't read engineering books, but if I was into engineering books, I'd read a chapter and then I'd talk with God and say, what do you want to say to me about that? Man, he's that creative. He's that amazing. He's that 
big. Man, you start feeding yourself all that kind of information and you stop and pause to listen to what he has to say about what you just read, he'll tell you. The problem is we're just usually too busy. And when we're too busy, then we can't heal. Okay, I'd like the band to come back up. I just have a few moments left of our time and I wanted to share these last few moments with us. I'm showing you a visual about what it looks like sometimes when we take the time to heal. Because in verse 39, look back in your Bible. It says in verse 39, Mary sat at the Lord's feet. She sat with Jesus. And Jesus said, this is the one thing, family. This is what he's saying from the word. This is the one thing that is so necessary not optional. It's optional to not do it, but please don't make it optional to not do it. Because he's saying this is the one thing that is necessary. It's that you sit at my feet. And all the other counsel you get from books and podcasts and uh, Google and information and great wise friends. Man, when you consume all of that stuff, because you've sat with me, I'll help you filter through. I'll help you hear my voice and all of that information so you know what to do. And I want us to see sometimes what this looks like is happening in the heavenly realms. Sometimes we don't realize that we take time to sit with Jesus, that there's something unique and amazing and beautiful happening. Remember this, I learned this a long time ago and it was an anchor to my soul when I sit with Jesus. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's still. There's scriptures in the Bible that says the whole world is conspiring to do you good. Listen, family, that means the good stuff and the bad stuff. The whole world, it means he'll take all of that combined and hang on tight to him because he is conspiring to do you good. So just because he's silent does not mean he's still. And here's the beautiful thing that happens when you sit with Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes, man, I picked this big, heavy rock for this one. This one's called trauma. Sometimes we've had trauma. You know, sometimes Mother's Day is not gravy for everybody. Man, I think about my own mom. (laughs) One of my brothers has disowned our family, completely changed his last name. Just can't figure out why. We don't know if trauma happened in his life, but guess what? That's trauma to my mom. That's trauma to me. It's trauma. And man, if she didn't take the time to sit with Jesus, guess what happens? Now we start loading up. And guess what? This thing's going to get pretty darn heavy. And then, then maybe we're struggling with believing that God is real. Okay, that's okay. Just talk to him about it. If you sit with Jesus and start talking to him about him and God, I'm not sure if I believe in you. And then not just talk, but just sit and listen to what he has to say. What are you doing in that moment? You're offloading. But if you don't talk with Jesus about not believing, see, that's the beautiful thing about whitewater here. What do we always say? You can belong before you believe. Because we know at some point you're going to talk to Jesus about 
whether you believe or don't believe. And if you don't talk to him, here's what's happening, family. We're packing. Do you hear that? Slam. Yeah. That's what happens to our soul. That's what happens to our body. Slam. The thing becomes heavy. And what about becoming? The value of becoming here at Whitewater is about becoming mature like Christ. That means we have to give up some childish things. Man, I'll never forget the time the Lord told me, okay, daughter, you need to start learning some stewardship. I need you to clean your room. Why? Because you couldn't even see the carpet. You didn't know I had carpet, believe it or not. All you saw was a sea of clothes. Like one time for a week, I kept smelling something burn in my apartment. What the heck is burning? I couldn't figure it out. Finally, I decided to clean my room, all the clothes off my room. I was a young adult. Was I married? Were we married? He's laughing. He's like, no, we were dating. He's laughing on the front row. I pull the clothes and I'm cleaning up. I pick up my iron. Literally a patch of the whole carpet came up. My iron had been on for seven days because you couldn't see my carpet. No wonder my finances were a wreck. I didn't know how to steward any of that that I cared about. So he began to tell me, you gotta, you gotta kind of gently and graciously, because I sat with him about it, you gotta grow up. And if you don't sit with him, then guess what? Man, it just keeps piling on. All this is real life. And then maybe for some of us, he's talking about, man, I, I, I want you to be a blessing. No more curling up in a ball. Man, get out of that curled up bald position where you're paralyzed with life because if you uncurl for just a moment, I'll give you the strength to uncurl and get out of that twisted ball and then get up and I'll give you the words to help somebody else who's tied up in a ball in just fetal position. Man. But if we don't talk to him about that being tied up in a ball and then finally, man, for some of us, he just wants us to belong. Belong to him, belong to a church family, belong to family in general. Maybe for some of us, man, he wants you to take the step and get married. Belong, husband and wife. No more just living together. He sees you. He loves you. Whether you live together or not live together, it's not about love at that moment. It's about his way. Man, because his way is greater than anything we could think or imagine. That's scripture. But if we don't talk to him about that, man, he He's not afraid. He sees us. He loves us. He just wants to talk to us about it. And if we don't, that's what this begins to look like. And I know, I bet you're thinking that's pretty heavy. Oh, it's darn heavy. In fact, my husband was like, please don't pick it up. Here's the deal. But here's what we look like and here's what we do. No, 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 no. I got this. I got it. We don't say that, but we're moving through life so darn fast and we're not putting him first. We're not putting him first. We're like, I got this. And we're just shoving through life, weighted down. Our bodies are sick and don't even realize that part of it is just this stuff on the inside of us. And God is saying, I just want you to give this stuff to me. And here's what happens when we do. And in our creative moments, God, I want to belong to you. I don't know. I don't know how. You think all of us in this room knew how to belong to God or belong to church? No. But we can begin to talk to him about it. God, I don't know how to bless people. I don't know. God, when there's a, a need, I don't know how to give. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of selfish with my money, God. At least I know I was. But I had to talk to him about that. You hear that? 
You hear every time that rock hits, it's like freedom to your soul. Man, you begin to clean out that infection. God, I don't know how to become, I don't know how to grow and mature. Man, my mom's in the fight of her life. She's saying, God, I don't know how to do this, but she's creating time with God so that God can tell her how to do this. Do you know how she even got to the doctor? She came and had a conversation with me and she said, honey, man, I think I'm, I think I might have dementia. I'm kind of forgetting some stuff. My mom's 70 and I said, okay, well, have you talked to God about it? She goes, yeah, I think I actually need to go to the doctor. She went to the doctor for dementia and they did a whole exam and found the cancer. Could you imagine if they didn't find that cancer, where we'd be right now? That's God. She's learning how to sit with God and take those things to God and he's speaking to her about it. Oh, sometimes it's hard to get this stuff out. It's kind of like life, huh? Sometimes it's kind of hard to get this stuff out. And this one, believe. God, I don't know how to believe in you, but I trust you. I'm gonna just try this talking to you thing. And then finally, God, I, I know I've had this for a long time, trauma. Man, maybe for some of us growing up was not so fun and we just ignored it. And we just endeavored to raise our own kids. We'll do better and you did better. But you know what? Now your kids are old and they're doing good. And for some of us, older, more mature people, Jesus is saying, it's your time. You get to go and revisit some of that stuff and you get to get healed from it so that your grandbabies can know a different grandparent. And we just dump that trauma. And guess what, family? I mean, like, it's free. It's light. In fact, I can probably just drop that. Does that mean we have all the answers and bam, we're magically healed? No. But what that means is every step we take and we get that stuff out, man, we can start the process to healing. And in the process of healing, you become not a prisoner. You become free, a little bit freer, and a little bit freer, and a little bit freer. And guess what? As you get free, you're going to be able to see people who aren't free. And then you get to say, I'm with you. I know that one. Come walk with me and let's get free together. And that's how God does this stuff. And all he's asking for today is would you just start the process? And here's what I want us to do in this moment. There's a connect card by you. Would you just grab that connect card for just a moment? Grab a pen. There's pens all around us grab a card it looks like this grab it for just a second I'm not going to have you I'm not going to make you move or anything like that I just want you to grab that card for a second and I want you to write on there in this moment it's us sitting being still listening to Jesus like Mary did listening to the teaching and I want you to write down I no longer you don't have to write this whole part I no longer want to be busy I want to talk to you about this and whatever this is, write that on there. I want to talk to you, God, about my finances. I want to talk to you, God, about belonging. I want to talk to you, God, about this concern. Just write that on there. Take a moment. We know the Holy Spirit is speaking to us because he's always speaking to us. The issue is not him speaking. The issue oftentimes is us listening. And that's the beautiful thing about coming to church. 
It creates a moment, a creative moment where we get to listen. And as you write that down, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna pray over it. Because I'm gonna pray with you that this week you take a moment to talk to him about that thing. Would you stand to your feet with me and we're gonna pray. got that card and you wrote something down, just hang on to that card. Hang on to it in your hand. If your wife is with you, grab her hand in this moment as we pray. If your mom is with you or man, a sister or friend, just grab their hand. You don't have to if you don't want to. It's just a moment of where we're together as family. And I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for this moment this beautiful, beautiful moment where we're standing with you as family, unashamed, not afraid, in a moment of safety with you like only you can do. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've given us eyes to see today, to see you and ears to hear you and a teaching that is speaking to our heart. And Father, we thank you that we have the boldness and courage today to say, Lord, we no longer want to be busy and we want to talk to you about this one thing that we've written down or this one thing that is in our heart and mind right now and we're making a commitment to you God this week to talk to you about it and not just talk but we're going to sit and be good listeners and we're going to learn to hear your voice and Father I pray over anybody that is dealing with any sickness in their physical bodies or they know of somebody. Jesus, I thank you that you're giving them their next step. Father, sometimes all we have to do is have faith and trust and hope for just the next step in the next moment. And you're right there with us. And so I pray for every man and woman today that is walking through that in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you're so good and so kind. And as we worship together, we continue to talk to you about this. And we worship you, God, and thank you for the freedom that you've given us to be healed and to start a process. We thank you for these things today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stay standing. We're going to worship from just a moment. And here's what I want to say to us. This is the moment the team and I were talking about this that we really felt this moment. I'm gonna have our prayer partners come forward at this moment. They're gonna stand up front here. Mom, would you come up front? Jason, would you come up front? Kate, here they come. And as we worship, I'm gonna come down. And if you want prayer for anything, I mean anything, we're here, we wanna pray with you. We're going through our own stuff, but what a great way to go through your stuff to pray with someone who's going through their stuff. And maybe you don't want to, totally okay. Maybe you just want to stand in the quiet and in the stillness of worship and just worship. Or maybe for some of us, it's just time to raise our hands and let God know we trust him and we surrender all. However it is, let it be between you and God in this moment. Come on, let's worship.